some crazy dogs, not some fun. Get your popcorn ready. I'm here, so I won't get fined. It's about the stupid, I gotta say, it's the stupidest thing in sports. No! What? Get your big butt out of here! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fantasy Guides podcast brought to you by ShopFantasyGuides.com. I'm former player and current Debbie analyst Jesse Preston, and I am joined by the owner and operator of Fantasy Guides, Stephen Rippey, and his younger brother, fellow Fantasy Guides contributor and local Denver comedian, Casey Rippey. We're recording this on Monday night, October 3rd. We've got the Rams at the 49ers going on right now. Uh, I haven't been able to watch the game much because uh, I've been preparing for the pod, but I do know Allen Robinson has zero points. And at this point, (laughs) I'm just considering a full on uh, cut and just add someone else. I I can't believe it. And then I know that Lee uh, was texting me, our boy Lee. He said that Debo Samuel is untackleable in space (laughs) and had one of the best highlights he's seen. Did you guys catch that yet? No, I just as I was getting ready. Um, I saw a highlight or like something highlighting him, but I haven't seen any of the game yet, been preparing for the podcast. So I'm excited to see the untackleable bull Debo Samuel. <laughs> well, and his question was, is that like a, is that a word? And I was like, yeah, I think you're asking the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is in our, in our circle for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Steven, I know you're out of town. You went to the Tampa Chiefs game. Is that right? You got any uh, stories from that game? Yeah. So got to see uh, the current GOAT and possibly, I mean, Tom Brady's the GOAT. I don't know if anyone will ever be the GOAT after him because his resume is just too impressive. But yeah, got to see the Bucks and Chiefs down in Tampa. It was a lot of fun. Did did a lot of beach day, uh, a couple days of beach. Actually watched a ton of football at a beach bar yesterday with uh, Nick Nick, who's been brought up before on the podcast. <laughs> so that was a blast. But one quick thing I wanted to say, and I'm not making these stories up, people. These things really happened to me. Um, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, you've been, you've seen it before where I went to a McDonald's and they were out of chicken nuggets. Yes, like that, like that happened. Stuff I like was, this I was there. Yeah, it might like be. This- it might have even been that I got chicken nuggets in front of you and you were behind <laughs> me in the line. Yeah. And then they were like, sorry, sir, we're out like right mm. after. Stuff like this just happens to me. I don't know what it is, but oh, I'm so excited. I, I don't know what it is. So let's, I want to hear about it. Well, so my flight, it was like a Friday afternoon. It was like a um, five o'clock flight. And I had got an email from Frontier earlier that day or a text, you know, from just saying like, a flight update or something. And of course me being me, I didn't really look at it that close, (laughs) but but what it had said, which I wish I would have looked at earlier um, was (laughs) you might want to get to the airport a little earlier because I guess just maybe, I don't know what, but for that day they were just really busy with, with flights, a lot of people flying in and out. So I'm driving there and then I see the signs on the freeway that say, the West terminal and the East terminal parking are completely full. So I'm starting to go, Oh, I wonder if that's what that email was about. Um, and then, so I don't go to off and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going on my normal time that I would to go to the airport. So I have to do off offsite parking that normally it takes a shuttle five minutes to get to you. You guys have probably done that before. <laughs> took, took 30 minutes oh for a shuttle my. to get to me. And wow. and now I'm starting to like sweat a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, okay. And I get to the airport finally and I just start sprinting. I'm sprinting 
because I don't know what the security line is going to be like at this point. I'm assuming it's going to be pretty big. Uh, the biggest line I've ever seen at DIA <laughs> prior to this, but then just double that size. <laughs> like I just walked in there and kind of just started. I started running and then I did like in the movies where they they're running and then they realize their house is already burnt to the ground. And I just, <laughs> I just started like kind of slowly coming to a walk, almost went down to my knees and just put my hands in the air. But um, <laughs> no, I, I went and saw where the end of the line was. And I'm like, that's a minimum hour. And I have to be, my boarding time was starting in like, I think at this point, like 40 minutes. Okay. And I'm like, this is an easy hour line. So last week I told you about how those two girls cut the line at beer fest. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I, that, that crossed my mind a little bit. And so I, I go up to the, basically where they, they start roping people where it's pretty much the front of the line. And I just go up to a guy, I, I, I pull out my wallet and I'm like, how, how much do I bribe here? Like how much money? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm like, do I do a 50? I'm like, ah, that's a lot. I'm like, so I, I grab it. I grab a 10 and I go up to a guy and I go, Hey man, can I give you this just to cut? Can I just cut? And he just doesn't say a word, just keeps walking. And then I, oh, no. and, and I don't know about you guys, but this is my worst nightmare is having to do this. Like right. on the amazing race, <laughs> when they have to like beg for money to get to the next destination to like buy a flight, I'm like, well, that's, I'd be out at that point. Oh, you know, no. I couldn't, couldn't do it. So I asked a couple <laughs> people, finally, I asked this really nice gentleman he, uh, and he's like, Oh yeah, come on, man. And and I try to give him the money. He's like, no, no, no. I've been there. Like, no big deal at all. Oh wow. So yeah, it was awesome. But then even but even then, I'm I'm still in line for like <laughs> 40 minutes and I'm just looking at the clock, like, I'm gonna miss this flight because they've already started boarding. And at least a, according to my uh what time they said they were gonna start boarding. When I get in line, of course, my bag, it gets pulled aside. Oh they have to look <laughs> through it. Oh no. And and also I got the, when I walked through the thing beeped at me. So then oh I, I had to get like the random screening. Um, <laughs> all of that happened. Finally, it's, it says the doors close at like, I think it was five twenty six, And at this point it's like, it's not too bad, but it's still like, I still got like nine minutes. Mm -hmm. So I just go full on sprint mode. I sprint to the the train. I get there. Well, there was a lightning storm, so the flight actually ended up being delayed two hours. <laughs> so, so the like perfect, I, the perfect ending. Yeah, so like literally, I had sweated through a shirt completely. I was so stressed out, and then by the time I got there, I was able to go get a beer and relax for a little bit. So it wasn't all bad, but it <laughs> it was interesting to say the least. Oh my goodness! How was your weekend, Casey? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to just say that I've learned that Rex Ryan would beat Steven in the amazing race. It's a good little mm -hmm. tidbit to know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but my weekend was good. It was, uh, my, mine and my wife's anniversary. So we spent the day as you do, you know, cleaning the garage on your anniversary. And then, uh, <laughs> sounds like the, what I would have too. <laughs> yeah. And then we actually celebrated more on the day after we took our kids over to Steven's house and Jamie watched them and we uh went out to eat and stuff but yeah nothing uh nothing exciting like steven to report but right on well i i uh i, I coached my son's team to a three and oh mark in his his yes. nine-year-old flag football team so we're off to a yes. off to a great start this season so he's do, probably, they have he's... The, do they have the jesse play in the playbook <laughs> what what play oh the uh <laughs> scramble like drop back yeah. and then scramble for a touchdown yeah, yeah. No, i'm a little more I, i'm a little more refined 
in my play calling. I'm more of a Kevin O'Connell uh, <laughs> when it comes to flag football than than my coaches that I had when I was a kid, for sure. I'd, so. I'd love to see what that play looked like, like the drawing of it. You know, <laughs> right, like right. where you have the X's and O's. It, yeah. it's just I'm just picturing like trace what Kyler Murray did for that two point mm-hmm. conversion a couple weeks ago. And that was just what the play looked like. Well, it was just, it was like when they say throw out the records, he just threw out the playbook. He just threw it in the trash can (laughs) and then he just goes, just scramble. That's all we've got. So, all right, fellas, on tonight's episode, we have Steven's Fantasy Guide's weekly recap. He's got 10 takeaways for us from this weekend. Casey's NFL Cover Zero, sponsored by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. And what to do if your first round pick blows out his ACL. We'll talk about Javante Williams and, and where you can go. Some more buys, sells, and holds, just a, a few less this week, and some missing points, and then some trade strategy. We've got a really cool question from a listener, and, and I think it could spark some conversation with us. And then we'll wrap up the, the whole show with some more listener questions. And then if you guys have listened to previous episodes where we had the Devi Rookie Watch update, the college football stuff, we are pushing that to a separate pod. That seemed to work out pretty well last week, so that will come out on Thursday morning. If you found your way to this episode, thank you so much. We want to involve you in this process to contact us directly through social media. All three of us are on Instagram. Steven is at Fantasy Guides. Casey's at NFL Cover Zero. And I am at Devi Rookie Watch. All right, let's get into it, Stephen. What were some uh, what were some of your takeaways from this week? All right, so I talked about this last week, uh, but I still find it surprising. It's taking me multiple weeks to not be surprised by this, but the Detroit Lions are the number one scoring offense in the NFL, averaging 35 points per game and 436 yards per game, which I'm still... It's just shocking. Like, I would have never guessed that going into the year. I I mean, we're four weeks in at this point. I had the opportunity to pick up Jared Goff on the waiver wire and and elected for other players. (laughs) Well, Uh, I've got Deuce Staley is winning that uh, battle between him and Aaron Glenn over there in the uh, (laughs) HBO special. Did you watch that, Jesse, at all? No, I don't know what he's talking about. It's it's Hard Knocks. Okay. Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn, remember the former Jets defensive back? Uh-huh. They're the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Lions and watching those two go they're like they're buddies but they talk so much trash to each other especially <laughs> Deuce Staley and it's the funniest stuff like they could just have a show together and I Isn't, would watch it. Doesn't Deuce weigh about 3 deuces now? <laughs> well, he's at least two and a half. Okay. Uh, I don't know about 3 but yeah. Um and anyway, so what's funny too is they are also uh the the 32nd ranked defense, the last place defense. <laughs> so right. they're giving up 35 points per game and 445 mm-hmm. yards per game. So almost the exact same numbers that they're scoring and, and yardage they're giving or getting, they're giving up the same. It's so shocking that they're two and two with that type of game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, to your point, Jesse, uh, your quarterback that you did not pick up off of waivers, Jared Goff, he is the QB five. Oh my God. Jamal Williams, the backup running back to DeAndre Swift is BYU, the I think. Did yeah. he go to BYU? Yeah. Okay. He yep. did. Sure he did. did. Um he's the RB six. Uh DeAndre Swift, who didn't even play this week, is the RB twenty. Uh Amon Ross St. Brown, who also did not play this week, is the wide receiver seven. And <laughs> and uh TJ Hawkinson <laughs> yeah. is the tight end three. So Oh my god. This is the could, could, are they the new what was the Rams uh nickname? Show on turf. Turf. Yeah. 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 Like 
could be the Detroit Lions. Um, so that was one. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, no, not shocking. He's tearing up the league. But I don't know if you guys knew this. He's on pace for 238 rushing attempts, which would be an NFL record. The record currently Lamar Jackson has with 176 rushing attempts. Oh, jeez. Wow. So a lot more. <laughs> it would rank, if you just look at running back rushes last season, he would have had the eighth most rushing attempts compared to running backs. If he season. continues on this on this yeah. arc. Wow. Yeah, right. Right. I think either behind or right in front of Zeke. I can't remember which it is, but just nuts. Um, did you guys watch any of that game yesterday with the Jaguars? No. Nope. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I thought this was an interesting stat. He lost four fumbles. Versus the Eagles. Oh, I, I saw a post about that. Five turnovers total. He also had an interception. But, like, how unlucky is that to lose four fumbles? Um, this is a game, actually, the Jaguars were up 14 to nothing and almost went up 21 to nothing until he fumbled. But uh, ended up losing 29 to 20. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, I think that was just, it was bad weather. The Eagles are a good team. But I'm still impressed with the Jaguars to only lose 29 to 20 when you turned it over five times. Um, it's pretty impressive. Uh, so I'm not panicking on um, James Robinson or Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk um, actually had a 40% target share yesterday, even though he only had two receptions. Mm. So it was, I mean, Trevor Lawrence only had 11 completions yesterday. So oh, I feel like the Eagles defense is a good, a good buy if that's still out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they're 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 definitely good um etn still one target i don't i don't know what Ugh. he's frustrating um excuse me cd lamb his third straight week with a 30 percent or higher target share and he has no less than eight targets in any game this season <laughs> so he's it, i think we are all excited about him and then after week one everyone was like that got hurt panic it's over like his, he's not going to be what we thought he was. He's a wide receiver too. I'd probably rank him right where I had him now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like, I think I had him as the wide receiver six. I'd probably keep him there. That's, mm. I mean, he's, he looks good. And Cooper Rush, I don't know if you guys saw, he's four and oh as a starter. So, um, oh. so apparently he's actually pretty decent Dak, as a backup. Dak may be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, so remember all the questions we were getting about Austin Eckler and mm. how, what do I do with him? How, how do I get rid of him? What can you I just get for wait him? one more week? And then <laughs> that, you'll that's, be... what we, that's what we say with these guys. Like, be a little bit patient. It was only three games. I think he was like the RB 15 or something. I don't remember. He was pretty low. Maybe he was the RB 12 last week. He's the RB three after <laughs> his fourth game of the season. Mm-hmm. And he's had his third straight game with seven targets. So, He's back to doing Austin Eckler things. I think the rushing aspects a little still, it's probably not what it was last year, but I mean, the guy's a stud. So, um, Derek Henry, uh, he had his second straight game of five plus targets and he's actually on pace for 36 receptions this season. Um, which is interesting because he's never had more than 19 in a season. So, uh, I, I mean, obviously not a dual threat, but he kind of started doing this last year too, where he actually had a pretty good amount of receptions and it looks like that's carrying over. So, I mean, he's currently the RB eight, but I think there's still room for him to possibly do even better. So people that were panicking, panicking on him, it's probably again, 
calm down a little bit. I, I did see one highlight with Derrick Henry that I was impressed by. He he got into the open field and had a man to beat, and I don't even think the guy touched him. Yeah, and so just uh, being that big and still having enough wiggle to have a DB that in in open space doesn't even lay a finger on you. I was uh, he made a move where I was like, oh wow, you know, you think of him just kind of pounding it up in there, but he he's amazing. Yeah, I remember that once, Jesse. Remember that time we went bowling and we watched the combine? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, it was. I, I just remember it was Zeke and Henry's uh, combine that they were at. And I remember we watched him run the 40 and we were like, oh my God, he ran like a four, five, two, I think was his time. Like, that's just insane for how big he is. He actually looks faster with pads and people chasing <laughs> him though. It's like, he never gets caught from behind. You know, he's not like a four, four guy or four, three guy, but he never gets caught. So it's just, he's insane. He's, um, he's as big as the, you know, all those big time defensive ends that are going you know, know, in the top five defensive ends that are selected, he's just as big as they are. And, and, oh man, yeah, he's a freak, but hopefully he stays healthy because he's crushing. Yeah. Well, we, we talk about created players on video games all the time and he fits that mold <laughs> yep. of what looks like a creative player. Yep. Um, another interesting stat, Joe Mixon is on pace for 72 receptions, which Whoa. I was shocked by. I didn't realize he was doing that. He's never been the most he's ever had is 43 receptions in a season. Um, He's currently the RB15, but I mean, man, if he's going to, if his pace is going to pace out to 72 receptions, he'll, he should end up higher than that. So, uh, definitely was interested by that stat his, on the ground. He's not actually doing that well. I think he's averaging under th- three yards per carry, but I mean, that's the cheat code right there. If you're catching a lot of passes, right. Um, and then can you guys guess which wide receiver has the third most targets in the NFL? Third most targets. Third, actually, third most targets and third most receptions. Um, DK Metcalf. Case. Uh, I will go with. Hey, I see you're looking for. Some, I see what you're doing. No, right I'm not. There. I'm not looking for anything. It's it, nothing's popping into head into my head. But I'd say like AJ Brown, maybe. Marquise Brown. He's Hollywood. Got, yeah. Wow. He's got 45 targets and 30 receptions. He's currently the wide receiver six. Um, Dang. I mean, I thought that for these first six weeks while Hopkins was out, he'd be he'd be good during that time. But seeing how good he's doing, um, he might not be as much of a sell as I've thought. Once Hopkins comes back, just he's getting a ton of volume. Obviously, that that kind of volume won't continue, but uh, I think he'll still be pretty good. Well, I texted Casey about Rondale Moore too. It's just like the guy can't <laughs> guy can't get on the field. So if you don't have Rondale Moore or D Hop. I, who do you throw to, you know? And so what I should have, what I should have done with that question is just answered Brown kind of like the Jimmy G question. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. you fell in the blank blanks. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been good actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Here's another one. Curtis Samuel ranks seventh in receptions, which I knew Jeez. he's getting involved a lot, but seventh in receptions. <laughs> I don't think any of us signed up for no. uh, this, this preseason. <laughs> And then this one, probably not that surprising, but I just, it's just, I'm just so impressed by it. But Travis Kelsey is averaging 19 and a half points per game. It's the second most in, of his career. Wow. And, I mean, he's going to turn 33 this month, I think. Is Can he summer. play against Derwin James more often? Yeah. 
Every team, Derwin James needs to get traded to whoever's playing against Travis Kelsey <laughs> each week. <laughs> it's for the benefit of the league. The league needs to, yeah, everyone, like 31 other teams need to sign off on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, those are 10 takeaways I thought were pretty interesting from, from not only this last weekend, but for the first quarter of the season. All right, man. We love it. We're going to move on to Casey's NFL Cover Zero segment. This is actually sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. They have a great way to add some fun to your football season with their pick'em game. Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can pick whether you think that they'll end up with higher or a lower total than that number in that week's game. And you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick'em entry. And if you get all of them right, you can take home some scratch. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with the promo code GUIDEDOG and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Plus, Steve, being the nice guy he is, will throw in a Fantasy Guides MVP package, which is a $60 value, which gives you access to his Dynasty Guide, Draft Guide, and Season Guide. So take advantage. Again, that promo code is GUIDEDOG. Get in on the action today. Casey, you ready for some NFL Cover Zero? Yeah, let's go for it. Double wing way. Ace. Be down slow to play middle linebacker. Dumb and everything else. Hey, Sully, man, hope I never get back in there. I'll kick your It's picked up by Jim Marshall, who's running the wrong way. Marshall is running the wrong way. That ain't funny. All right. Well, the NFL went international this week, so let's go international too and go to Dubai where Antonio Brown once again decided to take his clothes off <laughs> as he was caught on film putting his bare ass in a woman's face in a swimming pool. Uh, but to be fair, in Dubai, that's a polite way to greet a woman. <laughs> Antonio Brown is a, a cover zero favorite, Stephen. <laughs> he absolutely yeah. is. It is unclear from the video whether he was attempting to put that shit on. But photos have surfaced of him showing more than just his crack. And let's just say we now know where his confidence comes from. My word, you're a tripod. (laughs) What do you feed that thing? eh? It's like a baby's arm holding an apple. (laughs) I I was going to say, I was like, well, yeah, I saw saw the photos. And and one of them there, I mean, it was... Let's say they had to double down on the pixelation. <laughs> There's a lot of girth on that pixel. <laughs> that was that was uh, Stephen. That was Austin Powers' dad. There's a movie trivia. Do you remember his name? What was Austin oh, Powers' my, dad's name? Like the character name or yeah. the actor's name? Uh, I don't remember the character's name. Nigel, actor was Nigel Powers. Nigel. Oh. Let's go to Pittsburgh, where Kenny Pickett entered the game for the Steelers against the Browns and threw an oh sorry against the Jets and threw an interception on his first ever pass attempt. Did either of you know that in the history of the NFL there have been three QBs whose first pass attempts were INTs? Did you guys know that? Are, are we guessing? Well I'm asking if you knew that and if you didn't, we're gonna go ahead and do a little trivia, see if you guys can guess who they are. No looking it up, Steven. I hear your mouse clicking. No, I'm not I'm not touching anything. I think one was Peyton Manning. I think one was Peyton Manning, too. Well, you're incorrect. I'll ah. give you a hint. Okay. <laughs> one is a Hall of Famer who allegedly used funds meant for poor families to help oh. build a volleyball no. stadium at Brett, his daughter's Brett school. Okay. Brett Favre. Brett. 
<laughs> and then uh, two are still playing. And probably, if you guys just think off the top of your heads, which two QBs threw picks for their first throws, you'll probably think of it. Jameis Winston. Yep. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm always bad at this because, like, then my mind goes blank. Like, who are other yeah. quarterbacks in the league? Uh, I don't know. Who's the third one? Other one's tougher. He's uh, Baker Mayfield's backup right now. Oh, Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. So oh, not okay. great company, but not bad company. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you know that Tom Brady's first pass at Michigan in college was an interception? No. I did not. And that's where the, that's where the uh, grudge started mm-hmm. from that one play. Yep. Uh, yep. Well, Ford is more of the grudge, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to the Seahawks, where DK Metcalf was carted off the field during a Seahawks game because he really had to use the bathroom. Hey, DK's back here taking a shit! (laughs) Friday. (laughs) Yep. He stated in a tweet that clinch walk wouldn't have made it. I guess the DK stands for Dookie Kegels. <laughs> Here's just a general question. Why don't they have bathrooms like porter potties right there? Yeah, I mean, they got the blue tent. Yeah. Like, How hard means, would it be? Yeah, that could the, the blue tent could be a multi-purpose thing. Although, here's the thing. <laughs> you go in that, you're going in that blue tent. <laughs> People pouring like, beers I, on the tube. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's like, I did you see DK get hurt? No, I didn't see him get hurt. Everyone knows what's going down. In yeah. That blue tent, so, um, okay, let's go to Detroit, where Jamal Williams was fined thirteen thousand dollars for doing his best Hingle McCringleberry impression by doing three pelvic thrusts during a touchdown celebration. Yes. That's about $4,333.33 per thrust. (laughs) He said he was shocked that he was not only flagged, but also fined, as he stated he's been doing that celebration since he's been in the league, and he was never fined in Green Bay. Now, defensive lineman Dan Skipper did point in the direction of Jamal's crotch, which may have swayed the refs into believing he was doing more of a whirly bird than a dance move. <laughs> also, the best key and peel skit of all time, oh. I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or the old college. Still sitting in his mouth and he's just sitting there waiting for the third thrust. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. All the football related ones, because then the, the names, the East West yeah. Shrine Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. Yep. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons were able to defeat the Browns on Sunday after only completing seven passes. The team would run the ball 14 plays in a row after a Marcus Mariota interception. Bill Belichick and Nick Saban immediately praised Arthur Smith's play, calling calling it genius. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember that wind game? Yes. Yes. It's last year. Holy yeah. Cow. Where he attempted three passes. Yeah. By the way, yeah. the Patriots, worst team to watch on any given Sunday. They are, it's, it's, you want to peel your face off because all they do is they let the play clock run down to like one second because they want to keep the other offense off the field and it's unwatchable. You know, we, that, that, well, that's the prevent strategy, like prevent the <laughs> offense from getting the ball. We did that in high school. When I was in high school, we played this uh, this team steamboat that was a lot better than us. They had like the tallest guy on our team was like five eleven, and they had a guy that I think was six eleven. And oh, 
and our coach literally did, we practiced it all week where they hadn't i don't i don't know if they they got to have it now but they at our when i was in high school they didn't have a shot clock and it was literally pass it we, if you if you could get away with it pass it until the quarter expired or the period and and then shoot a three right at the end of the period to try to like cuz we had good three point shooters and we would literally just pass it around and pass it around. I think the final they did end up beating us, but the final score was like thirty to eighteen or something. And it oh. was just a prevent. It was just a prevent offense because if we had just ran up and down the court with them, they'd have toasted us. Okay, let's go to Denver, where over the first four weeks of the regular season, I hate to say it, but Geno Smith has been a better quarterback than Russell Wilson mm. so far. Gino has more yards per attempt, a better completion percentage, two more touchdowns, and at least three less cringeworthy videos. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> Broncos country. Uh, I, I also had the opportunity to pick up Gino several times this year. Yeah. And, and uh, just refused to do it. I was like, <laughs> there's out of spite. <laughs> I, well, no, I'm like, there's no way. This isn't real. And and yeah. And then he just continues to score better than whoever I have in there. I haven't even pulled stats for this or looked it up, but maybe I'll do it after the show. Are we even sure uh, Russ is better than Teddy Bridgewater from last year right now? Because <laughs> I'm getting nervous that we just gave up every everything in the house, our firstborn, and for uh, the third best quarterback that out of those three right now. So I thought he looked a little better this week, but um, yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I agree. It is another Broncos game and another Melvin Gordon fumble. <laughs> this is the second time in five games Ugh. that Gordon's fumble was returned for a touchdown and the fifth time in five games he's fumbled the ball, making it the second worst five-for-five five deal I've had this year. Arby's, we have the meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. I mean, yeah, it would be hard to beat that, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> the Broncos really need to evaluate whether Gordon gets the ball again. Gordon has come out flat and has easily been stripped all season. And the best remedy for a flathead that keeps getting stripped is a Phillips head. Philip Lindsay has yet to be stripped in his entire NFL career. The guy should be named T25 star bit Lindsay. That's a contractor's joke, but we should definitely <laughs> sign him from the Colts practice squad ASAP. I, I was mad when they got rid of him. Yeah. Like, and he hasn't I, even gotten to do anything really. He was great for us. I, I just, for whatever reason, they, the coaching staff didn't, or the GM, I don't know if it was Elway or what, they just didn't love him. And I, I thought he got a raw deal, to be honest. Well, I'd rather have anybody other than Melvin Gordon. You guys remember against the Eagles also last year, the game I think was 20 to 13. The Broncos were driving. And he fumbled it for a touchdown, making it twenty six to thirteen. Wait, is that the one when uh, Darius Slay returned it, and then Teddy business. Teddy made the <laughs> Teddy business decision, decided not to try to tackle him. Yep, yeah. that was the play. Of course, it was Melvin Gordon that fumbled it. I actually want to look up how many Melvin Gordon fumbles have been returned for touchdowns. I need to figure that out. <laughs> well, if you count that game and the two this year, you could easily say those fumbles are the difference in the games. Yeah, you know, easily. Like, th- those are fourteen point swings. So. Mm-hmm. Well, my my main concern is I've never even heard of Mike Boone. I don't even know who that player is, and then all of a sudden oh. he's he's in there trying to, you know, uh, be our backup. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, Jesse, I know, you don't even. I know you're a college guy. You don't remember him in, in college. 
or where he went? I, I'm trying to look him up because I'm like, I don't, I don't remember this guy. No, he's been he, in the league for a while. He played for Minnesota, and he was kind of that backup to. Was he the? Yeah, he was the backup to Cook for a while before they got Alexander Madison. Um, he was the one I brought up during the preseason when I w- went to that Broncos game, and I was like, "Who's that running back that actually looks really good?" Um, and it was Mike Boone. He had just got a haircut, so I didn't recognize him. But <laughs> no, he's he's a decent backup, honestly. At this point, from what we've seen from Melvin, he might be the. the he looks like person to start. he looks like a muscle hamster. Like he's he's definitely built. He's gotten. I remember when he was for the Vikings, he would get a lot of preseason hype as a guy that you might take in like dynasty, thinking that at some point he would break out, but just never happened for him. But I'm actually i I want to see Boone in there. I'm done with the Melvin Gordon experience. Um, yeah. I'm sick of the fumbles. It's the worst ride ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, consider your NFL Zero covered. We now return to your regularly scheduled podcast. Right on, Casey. Thanks for that. Well, hey, we got an expert segue here right into our first topic. What do you do now if you're a Javante Williams owner, Stephen? I know you put out a post this week. Is Mike Boone the answer? Is is Melvin Gordon the answer? What do you do if your first-round draft pick tore his ACL? Uh, First of all, they need to come up with a cure for tearing your ACL. I I don't know. I don't know if it's possible, but a lot of people suffer from it every year, and it's frustrating for us fantasy owners, as I'm sure it is for the player as well. Um, such a bummer. I love I, I love Javante Williams. Very high on him this year. Um, was just expecting that breakout to come. It was just the Broncos were struggling, but I was really waiting for it, and unfortunately it's not happening this year. Um, so, yeah, I, these are just kind of four very generic moves that I think people who have Javante – should make uh, starting with the waiver wire. Um, obviously, even though you're not going to be able to just replace Javante Williams, um, you got to do something because you're already down a running back. So a couple players that are probably on your waiver wire, Brian Robinson, uh, he may be cleared to play here this week. Um, and we've talked about him before. It's still shocking that he could possibly play this early, but supposedly i mean he was going to be the lead guy over gibson it, it looked like going into the season if he's 100 percent and can pick up that role again who knows he he could be a surprise um tyler algier jesse one of your favorites uh uh Cordero patterson's on the ir so he's going to miss four games oh so least, okay yeah so at least in the short term algier could be a good replacement um all-purpose back not the greatest offense right now, but I mean, well, it sounds like they don't pass at all. So <laughs> yeah, be a great well, offense for Tyler. Yeah. Algier. <laughs> very true. Very true. And then Raheem Mostert. Um, did you guys watch the Thursday night game with the, mm-hmm. he he's, I mean, he's older, but he still looks explosive. His problems always been getting hurt, but I, I think he could be a good ad. Um, the dolphins might have to run on, rely on the run a little bit more too, with Tua missing a few weeks. So those are three guys. Um, some other guys I'd look to target is maybe Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, and James Cook, the rookies from this year, who you never know. If if Penny gets hurt, if Leonard Fournette gets hurt, or you know, Devin Singletary, these guys could become very relevant. So you just kind of have to take a flyer on some of these waiver wire guys. Yep. Um, so that's the first step. The other one is like maybe just a small trade, not like not like a blockbuster trade. Um, just something to get you a running back. So you know, maybe you take a player like a Brandon Cooks um, and see if you can get a player like uh, Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon, or Devin Singletary. 
three kind of mid-level running backs who haven't really done a lot right now, but I feel like also you could buy low on a little bit. I mean, if anything happens to Chubb, we know Hunt's going to be amazing. Same with A.J. Dillon if anything happens to Aaron Jones. I still think uh, A.J. Dillon can even be good on his own with Aaron Jones. Um, it just hasn't quite happened yet. And then Devin Singletary, um, he's he's been really good. So he just hasn't scored many touchdowns. But um, those are a few guys. I'd also maybe look at like a Travis Etienne. I know it's not been pretty, but I mean, you're kind of desperate at this point if you lost Javante. So maybe try to buy low on a player like him. Cam Akers, I don't know what Cam Akers is doing tonight since we're not watching. So depending on what he does tonight, if he has a great game, maybe, maybe you can't. Um, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, or... Ramondre Stevenson. These are all guys that could have high upside. So those are guys I would target. Um, and then the other thing, uh, make a two for one trade. And this is kind of one where I'm like, most people have at least one elite player on their roster. So what I like, what I would look to do is take that elite asset. So let's just say you've got elite wide receiver try to trade that elite wide receiver for a lesser wide receiver and a good running back. Um, someone that can replace Javante. So it, here's a couple of very generic examples. I, a lot of people were telling me, Oh, you'd never pull off that trade. Um, well, you'd be surprised in some leagues and in sharper leagues, probably not, but maybe in your more casual leagues, you could uh, one being like, let's say you have Saquon Barkley, you know, trying to uh, move him for like Christian McCaffrey and Brees Hall so that you get two running backs that might be CMC might be a little bit of a reach, but you know, somebody a little bit lower than that. And Brees Hall, I think would be a good one. Um, if you got Cooper cup, everyone loves Cooper cup. He's amazing. If you could get like a step down, like a Devonte Adams and a really struggling running back, like let's say Dalvin cook or Alvin Kamara, see if you can get something like that done. Maybe you have to add a little bit more, but I think there could be something there. Or like a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey, if you could move one of those guys for, let's say, Leonard Fournette and David Njoku. Um, just all of these guys, I feel like, are underperforming a little bit that I mentioned. And I think that now you get a, a replacement running back and still a good other asset, you know, to try to help you get through this, this uh, unfortunate. This you know. difficult time. It's a difficult time for all of us. And then the fourth thing I said, now Casey would probably disagree with me, but try to trade for Melvin Gordon. Um, (laughs) And the reason I say that is that's the easiest replacement right now, you know, is now he could get, he could get benched. You might have to, the person that, if you didn't get him as a handcuff, the person that has him probably knows you need him. Probably going to make you overpay a little bit. Like don't go crazy, but if you can, trade a wide receiver, a back-end wide receiver two, or maybe a high-end wide receiver three for Melvin Gordon, I'd probably try that. We saw we saw just um, last year, James Conner, people weren't that high on him because of Chase Edmonds, and Chase Edmonds got hurt, and James Conner was a top-pin running back. Uh, two years ago, when Christian McCaffrey got injured, Mike Davis was the handcuff. He ended up being an RB1. And then, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, three years ago, David Johnson got hurt and the Cardinals traded for Kenyon Drake like in the middle of the season. And he was a waiver wire guy that you could either pick up on waivers or trade for him. And he ended up being an RB one for the remainder of the season. So I still think Melvin Gordon, if he's going to get the majority of the work that Javante was getting could be an RB one. So 
he might be cheaper right now than if you try to trade for him after he has a, a big game. So, so yeah. If if he has one more, if he fumbles <laughs> next week, he will not see the field again. Casey, my prediction. Casey, Casey will make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Casey, let me ask you this: uh, your Mount Rushmore of least favorite Broncos players. Oh, Melvin Gordon is definitely up there. I've seen him. Is fumble. he on the? He's, he's on the top six. Kyle he's, Orton, he's, I feel he's like Washington. That, yeah, Kyle Orton's the easy one, right? Kyle Orton, um, Melvin Gordon, Jay Cutler. You know what's funny? Oh, what's I funny kinda is, like Jay Cutler. I don't, I don't know. He yeah. he wasn't that. Bad. I, I would honestly, it's funny. I would put Bill Romanowski up there because as soon as he became a Raider, he broke Shannon Sharp's arm on the play, <laughs> oh, and geez. ever since then, he got put up on the uh, the old Mount Rushmore of least like Broncos. No. Oh. Well, so yeah, those are some moves I would look to make. Uh, I, I would do something. It's it. The worst is just not making a move after a play like that and just hoping things will work out. Usually they don't unless you really got lucky the way you drafted. But those are just some very generic. It's going to be different in your league depending on the players and the, the league mates. But yeah, try to make some some trades like those. Oh, was Casey that time? Casey, yeah, just- he's coming back at you. This, yeah. if, if you're just joining the pod, these guys have a little uh, competition, apparently, on who can open their beer the loudest <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. But Casey, see, Stephen did it like in the middle of your sentence. You like yeah. did for him to stop. You you should have been way more I'm, dramatic. I'm professional. <laughs> no, I think that was his cue for me to wrap it up. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the, hook, the big yeah. hook coming out. The yeah. Oscar music. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Steven, I want to hear if you have any missing points from this week. Casey, did you keep that drop? Because it's got such you know, a nice Halloween theme to it. Yeah, definitely. Where the hell did it go? Where are they? Where are they? Well, I'm trying to tell you, kid, it ain't there. I love it, Steven. And you got you got some guys that had some missing points this week that, uh, uh, did, I mean, did Darren Waller make it again? Well, not only some missing points, we have our Halloween decorations already up. So yes, <laughs> yes, perfect. yeah. So, um, Darren Waller actually did. I, I'm not. I wasn't going to talk about him, but he he did. He's just always on there. He had. <laughs> I, I think he had another catch where he got taken down just at the one yard line. Mm-hmm. So he. I think he knows he's on this segment now. And, <laughs> And and he may not have drafted himself, you know, in his own mm-hmm. league. So we'll try and get a, a Darren Waller soundbite into the soundbite, you know. Yeah, get, well, get I, I'm act- oh, definitely we should. Um, he's uh, I'm going to do a a post talking about the the leaders over the first quarter of the season. Let's just say he's going to take home some hardware. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's a couple. I'll just bring up a few names uh, of players where it, it it made a big difference in where they could have finished versus where they did. Um, so Brees Hall, he was stopped at the two yard line on a run and was later pushed out at the one yard line on a 16 yard rush. And he was just shy of two touchdowns. So had he scored those two touchdowns, he could have finished as the RB five with 28 points. Instead, he finished as the RB 15 with just 15 points. Um, and he was on here last week too. I told you he had that 32 yard touchdown drop. That yeah. he could have had. So I think people are starting to get a little bit, the hype's starting to creep up on Brees Hall. Um, I still think you can buy low on him though, because I think he's about to do what Jonathan Taylor did two years ago. I think he's about to be like an RB1 moving forward. 
and currently he's like a mid-range RB2. So, okay. yeah, he's – and the missing points, they, they reflect that. So, um, another one, Romeo Dubs uh, dropped a 40-yard bomb from Rodgers. Uh, couldn't complete the catch as he went to the ground. This was – I think Des Bryant even tweeted this, that it was like the Des Bryant catch again. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys saw oh, where he like had it for a long time, but they didn't do yeah. that whole complete no football move. It was, well, it was one of those ones. I think I don't, he kind of dove for it, I think. And he like had it, but as he like, as his body's like dragging across the end zone, the ball keeps slipping lower and right. lower until it's like on the side. So had he caught that, that was the difference between being the wide receiver 21 and the wide receiver five. Wow. So he lost out on a lot of points there, but, but he, I mean, He's another buy low because he's had back to back decent weeks, but they could have been a lot better because he's had two miss miss touchdowns in the last two weeks. So he's look and he's had eight targets in each of the last two weeks. So yeah, and I watched I watched some of that game, and you're starting to see Rogers look his way. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can tell when you when you get a chance to watch the games. Again, it's 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 in those um, the third downs, the red zone. Like that, you know, it, when a, when a quarterback needs to make a play, you've always kind of got a guy in the back of your head and yeah, I I'm, I'm surprised, you know, that was not a guy I identified as, as that I thought would be the guy coming out of there, but yeah, I, I feel like Rogers really likes him. So yeah, no, no, I'm, he's a guy. Yeah. Go get him if you can. Um, and then Derek Carr, Derek Carr was close to two touchdowns. Uh, well, I mean, if Darren Waller's, a frequent guest on this list, right? <laughs> Derek Carr probably is as well. So Carr was close to two touchdowns as Waller was stopped at the one and Mac Hollins just barely missed having both feet down on an 18 yard, t- what would have been touchdown reception. So he finished the week as the QB 23, but he could have been the QB 10, um, basically doubling his points. Had he had those two touchdowns count. So Derek Carr, I mean, I think he could be a buy low as well. He's just, the the Raiders, I think they're starting to get it together a little bit, but they've been a little sloppy to start the season, but I think good things could come for them. Um, now, this guy, nobody's sad if they drafted A.J. Brown because he's exceeding expectations. Well, the, pretty much all the Eagles are exceeding expectations at this point. But in back-to-back weeks, he's had um, touch almost touchdowns that didn't count. Last week, it was a almost 50-yard touchdown that um, – I can't remember now if it was if he dropped it or just – I think it was a slight overthrow, actually. Um, but this week he had he had a touchdown, but Dallas Goddard was called for offensive pass interference. So he had a touchdown called back. He would have been the wide receiver five this week. Instead, he finishes the wide receiver twenty. So he's still a stud, and he's could have been he could be better than than what his numbers show. So so yeah, that pretty much wraps up the the big the big uh, movers for missing points this week. Guys that really underperformed what they could have scored. Gotcha. Uh, did you have any buy sells holds for us? Maybe just a couple this week. We did a, a pretty extensive section of that last week, but, uh, I know Steven still has some out there. Just a couple. Yeah. Steven. Yeah. Just a couple, just for the, for the show. Um, I'll have more posted this week, but, uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some stats and I want you to give me these players. Okay. So this running back has 37 rush attempts or sorry, he's had snap shares of 37%. 44%, 40%, and 56% over the course of the first four games. The other running back has snap shares of 59, 54, 72, and 88%. Running back A has 41 rushing attempts for 208 yards. 
13 receptions for 117 yards. And then running back B has 34 attempts, 129 yards, 17 receptions, 141 yards. The difference between these two is the RB4 versus the RB23. <laughs> Any idea who these two running backs are? And then the second the second running back that's the RB23 has like an extensively higher snap share. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. Both of these are like five, seven, five, eight running backs, like little guys <laughs> that, that run a, uh, is it not sub? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If it's higher, higher than a four, six, 40. <laughs> yeah, sub is below greater yeah, than, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, they, they, they ran slower than a four, six at their, at their combines. Well, CEH automatically comes to mind, but that's one of them. There you go. That a baby Casey. So is it Jerick McKinnon and CEH or is it Isaiah Pacheco? No. So the RB4 right now is Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who has nearly identical stats to the RB23, Devin Singletary. And both of them play on very explosive offenses. Um, You could probably argue that um, the Bills might have a. Actually, I think think both are about comparable right now. Um, The difference is Clyde Edwards Hilaire has five touchdowns to Devin Singletary's one. So you might have guessed my buy is Devin Singletary. And my cell is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. In fact, I think there's probably a deal you could get done trading Clyde Edwards Hilaire for <laughs> Devin Singletary <laughs> and another piece. You know? Um, yeah, like if uh if Javante was your other running back with CEH, maybe there's a deal you could do where you move CEH to get two running backs to try to replace Javante. So yeah, that's those are my buys and sells. Um a couple more I have is Dalvin Cook, um, he's RB25 right now. I know he's always going to be a little bit of an injury risk, especially with that shoulder. But, I mean, everyone was freaking out about his shoulder last week, and then he rushed 20 times uh, on Sunday. Um, And he had over 60% of the snaps. He had 22 total touches. So I think he's still – his the amount of rushing attempts he has ranks eighth in the NFL right now. So I think – it's only a matter of time before he has a big game and you can get him a lot cheaper right now. Cause people are panicking on him, both him and Alvin Kamara. I think you could put, I mean, Alvin Kamara has been more frustrating. That last minute scratch was ridiculous, but I think they're going to be better than, than where they are right now. So those are two buys the running back or yeah, a couple buys at running back. And then one sell I have is Rashad Penny and it's not because he's not good. I mean, the guy does look good. I mean, I think he's like six yards per carry this year. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, I mean, it was against the aforementioned Detroit Lions defense, but <laughs> he tore it up. Oh, I saw. I was going against him in basketball. <laughs> I definitely saw. <laughs> um, but I still, I mean, the the Geno Smith thing, is it is it gonna strike midnight soon mm-hmm. with the Cinderella story <laughs> of him? Like I I just I question whether this offense will continue to be as good as it's been. I feel like there's going to be some uh, things are going to start to level out. And then I also think with that, we're going to see more Kenneth Walker. So I think right now is the best time to sell high on Rashad Penny because I do think he starts. I still like him. I'm not trading him for nothing, but this, you know, sell high. Try to get something really good for him because I think that could be a good move. Yeah, his value is at an all time high is what you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, those are some buys and sells. Um 
just a, a few, but I'll have, you know, on Instagram, I'll have some more that I'm writing about this week. So check it out. All right. Perfect. Well, I wanted to get into some listener questions, but I, I did want to kind of discuss this one a little more because you're, you know, you talk a lot about uh, trading. We talk a lot about trading on the podcast, trying to acquire different players. And Jay Jenkins six uh, sent us in a great question. He said, do you ever lose a trade for a position of need? I was just really curious about your uh, thoughts on that, Stephen. You know, I would say of all the trade questions, and I get hundreds of them a week. They almost all say what the trade was, either what it was or what it what, what they think the trade's going to be, and then they'll say, "Is that a win or a loss?" And I think I think people look at this the wrong way when you're trading in fantasy football. Right? It's not you're not just trying to like fleece your friends and just like. I mean, sure, it's it's nice to to win one over on an obvious trade, but the point of a trade is to make your team better and ideally make both teams better. Right. I, I think that you can make a trade, make your team better, even if you're giving up more than like for example, Javante Williams right now. If you're loaded at wide receiver, you're you can and, and you can't start them all. It's in your best interest to trade a wide receiver for, let's say, um, Melvin Gordon, even if it's a one for one in a vacuum, it's not a fair trade, but it's in your best interest because that's going to actually improve your team. So I think, yes, I'll definitely lose a trade in a vacuum if it's going to make my team better. Casey, how do you feel about that question? I think it's, if you're going to lose the trade, it's better to lose it towards the end of the season. I'm not sure at the beginning of the season, you might not want to lose that trade because that player that has value may just end up having more value. And then based on how other teams shake out, they may be more desperate to make a deal. So I think if, you know, if the, if the situation is just right, like Steven was saying with Williams, if you got, if you had him and you're trying to make a deal now, it makes sense. But if you don't have to make a deal, you know, you're two and two or something. I usually like to wait towards the back end of the season to make a trade that I lose. Yeah. And I, I kind of learned from Steven that it's, this is really a stock market game, uh, when it all boils down to it, you know, it's, it's, you want to sell, sell high and buy low and everything else. And so I, I, I've seen him do it in dynasty all the time. I've seen him make a trade that everyone laughs at, at the time. And then a year and a half later, he's going almost undefeated in a dynasty league because he's acquired these guys that at that particular time, the value was just right. And, you know, I did, I did a trade at the beginning of our dynasty league that on paper I lost, you know, and even, and even when you, when you play, if you're doing the sleeper app, everyone can vote on it. And I think I, even everyone voted that I lost the trade, (laughs) but it sure, it sure looks like, um, you know, trading away that, that tight end from the Falcons. I don't know if we want to mention oh, his name anymore. Lord. It, it seems, it sure seems like trading him away at his preseason dynasty value was a good move, you know, mm-hmm. cause I, I was, I took him in the like pick number. I don't even remember, but it was in the second round, right? It was, he was my second yep. draft pick and yep. I, I moved him for three players that are all performing great. And, and <laughs> I think that it's just, it's a buy low. So you know, this, this idea of like, well, I'm not going to make a trade because I'm going to lose it right now. It's like, no, you, you make the trade that you think is going to benefit you in the long run. Right, Steven? Yeah, no, I, I completely, especially in, in Dynasty too, because in Dynasty, you get to, towards that trade deadline and there's teams that can't make the playoffs. Um, 
they know that you're going for the title and they're like, Oh, well, I got this stud veteran, you know, that's 20, you know, I got a Keenan Allen, let's say I'll give him to you to help you win that title, but it cost you, you know, and I think youth. Yeah. And you might have to way overpay with draft picks or younger players to get it done, but it, it actually benefits both. Cause if it helps you win a title, that helps you in the short term and in the long term, it might help that other team. So, so yeah, as, I think as the Rams would say, F them picks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, I think the other thing that you've taught me, Steven in fantasy, and I don't know if we've talked about this enough on the pod is, is I, I almost played a little bit conservatively through the years, which is funny. Cause it's not like I'm in a league where I have to like get a tattoo if I lose or do like a, a standup <laughs> routine, which would be easy for Casey, but not for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm playing in this league with like no stakes and I'm like, well, I still don't want to take last place. So, and, and Steven told me one time, he's like, swing for the fences. Are you here to win? Yeah. Or are you here to just like finish with an okay, like not be embarrassed next week, you know? And I, and I think some of these trades, Again, it may look like a loss initially, but it's like if if you look at their schedule, look at who they play. How many Lions games do they have left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. So well, it's, it, it's it's stuff like that where you know, quit worrying about so much about fleecing your friends, like you said, or um, or having to win, you know, and like look good to the league, like oh yeah, I was on top of that, you know that. I think that's like Doug, right? Like Doug has to be like puff his chest out. I won, I won that trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I also think the more trades you make, not only is it fun, but the better you get at it and the, the, the quicker you are to not worry so much about it, because if you're doing a lot of trades, you're, you're usually more, um, you're better at it than other people are. So if you're making a, yeah, you might lose a trade here and there, but you're on, it's kind of like, um, the best poker players in the world, you know, they only win what, like 55% of their hands or something. Um, it's kind of the same thing. If you could just like win a little more than you lose in the long run, you're going to be better. So, yeah. And, and if you're, if you're playing in a league where nobody's really watching games, they might think Chase Edmonds or Clyde Edwards, Alaire are amazing. And it's like, yeah. these guys are scoring touchdowns that may not be sustainable. You know, this might be a time to move them and try and get another piece. All right, let's move yeah. on to some other follower questions. Uh, again, I just really appreciated that one because I thought that could be more of a conversation, but we'll try and go through these ones a little quicker. Some of these we've touched on. How about my boy, Zach Cummings underscore? What do I do with Kyle, the aforementioned Kyle Pitts? Former friend of the pod. Right. Former, former. Yeah. <laughs> you know, spe- of the pod now. Uh, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of losing a trade, I traded a lot in Dynasty because I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I – had a team that was really good for a number of years, but it had got a little long in the tooth and I kind of wanted to blow it up. And so I traded a lot to get Kyle Pitts. And yeah, that's also not looking so good these days. <laughs> um, I don't know what you can do with him. Uh, as far as like starting him, you might, I don't know what's available on your waiver wire um, or who you, if you drafted, a, a lot of people didn't draft a second tight end if they took Pitts because they were that confident in, in what he would do, myself included. Um, I think you you can't do anything but hold because yes he's all we already know he's not going to be what we thought he was going to be this year that's not going to happen but it's still not his fault <laughs> he's still a really insane athlete he's still a really good tight end the coach just doesn't at all know what he's doing um, at some point I don't know if hopefully I don't know if it's Desmond Ritter comes in and things look a little bit different but. I think you just if you can get somebody like a um oh what's the David and Joku you know a player like that who I really like 
if you have him or can get him easy, maybe do that. Maybe you can start to alternate starts with Kyle Pitts if it's a really good match matchup i don't know do the falcons do they play the lions this year <laughs> wait for that game. but but i you don't drop him by any means i don't care what size league you're in um and i think you hold him you, there's no point in trying to trade him right now you're not going to get anything back for him so how about a trade here trade question uh luis luis ja.ht would you trade marquise brown for jonathan taylor yes uh, I would easily do that. I know Jonathan Taylor's got an ankle injury right now, but it's, I guess, not a high ankle sprain. Um, I don't think he'll play because he plays on a short week this Thursday. Um, I mean, that's kind of a silly one. I I guess if you look at their points, Marquise Brown has a lot more points than Taylor right now, but I don't think that'll last, plus the importance of the running back position. I would easily do that trade. There's still a lot of players. There, let's put it this way. There's very few players I would rather have still than Jonathan Taylor. I think... I don't think he's going to do what he did last year. Um, he's not going to finish his RB1, but, I mean, he's still a stud. All right. We talked a little bit about Javante Williams, but how about uh, from RA underscore Alex87, the best Javante Williams replacement, Naheem Hines, Brian Robinson, or Rashad Penny? The If I'm just picking one that I feel the most confident for the remainder of the season, it'd be Rashad Penny. He's going to be the most expensive one to get. The one that you could probably add off the waiver wire. I don't know what Naheem Hines' ownership is. Um, I'd probably like Brian Robinson as far as just a waiver wire ad. But I do think Naheem Hines, if he's an easy, if you can easily get him or uh, add him, he's a good short-term fix. Because, like I said, I don't think Jonathan Taylor's playing this week. I'm like, I'm almost positive he's not playing. Uh, so I think Hines would actually be a good start against Denver. And then who knows if it's still bugging him, you know, I feel like that's a player they would take it a little bit easier with. So you might get two weeks out of Naheem Hines. So that's a good short-term fix. Obviously once, once uh, Taylor comes back, you're not going to be able to use him, but maybe you can use him for a couple weeks. Maybe you can sell him to whoever has Jonathan Taylor after that point too. All right, Casey, let's get you involved here. Uh, Steven Mush, he says, dynasty question, is Mark Andrews young enough to build around or sell for depth? Oh, absolutely young enough to build around. Uh, tight ends of his caliber and size, they age well. Um, I think he's going to be in the league for a long while, and he's, you know, he's in dynasty ranks. He's probably, I'd have to guess, the number one dynasty tight end asset now that Pitts is having such a pitiful season. Um, definitely build around him. I would, I would not hesitate to try to build around him. You agree, Steve? I just got, yeah, that's my boy Steve. He's a great follower out of uh, the Miami area. Uh, he, we, we chat back and forth a bit. Um, I, yeah, Steve. I, he's awesome. Like, we just talked about Travis Kelsey. He's, he reminds me of Travis Kelsey. Like they look very similar, and we just talked about Travis Kelsey being what 33 years old and putting up his best season you know so no i definitely he's definitely young enough to to build around a dynasty as far as tight end goes well a little little horn toot for Devi rookie watch updates and and listening to the other pod is <laughs> he mark andrews is a perfect example of a guy that i identified at oklahoma when he was a lot younger and I was like, this guy looks like what the tight end position can be in the NFL, you know, because he played so much flexed out um, Oklahoma back then, you know, that's Lincoln Riley, right when they started throwing the ball around and everything else. 
Um, they, they knew how to get players in space. And I was just like, man, I think this guy's going to be really good. And then his draft situation was strange because they, what they draft three tight ends that year or something. Yeah. But I, but mm-hmm. you know, if you, that was one, if you just trust the scouting, um, that we had done and hung on to that guy, you know, it's really paid off. And, and there every once in a while, there's kind of these freaks, especially at the tight end position, but there's not many of those, you know, there's not a lot of Travis Kelsey's or Mark Andrews or, or Brock Bowers, the kid at Georgia right now, I've never seen anything quite like him. So, you know, I think that absolutely you build around him. I'm going to agree with, with you guys as well. Well, well, Jesse too, also to, to your horn, I remember you specifically saying to me that Mark Andrews, when he was at Oklahoma, that you said he was, he thought he was going to be the next Travis Kelsey. (laughs) And that's essentially what he's become. And, uh, Oh, what oh, what I was gonna say is it does. I was just looking at Fantasy Pros Dynasty ADP. It, they still Kyle Pitts is still number one, but Andrews is there at number two. Yeah, I don't think you uh, toot another man's horn. I don't think that's uh, something that <laughs> most people. What kind of to. what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> All right, a <laughs> couple more here. Let's cruise through these. Um, man, this guy's killing me with this. I have no idea how to. Uh, Rod Lion numero three. That's what I'm going to try you for. You just say you say lean on keyboard number three. <laughs> yes, I think it's I think it's Rogue Lion. Rogue Rogue. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that makes sense. Rogue Lion numero. You three. teach English, right, Jesse? <laughs> There's no well, you. There's no you. Uh, though, it's not spelled like that, but maybe that's what all it right, is. All right. When should I trade Mixon in Dynasty? Uh, la- the end of last year. No, <laughs> um, no, I think. Mixon's only going to depreciate in dynasty value. So you're going to be able to get more for him right now than you will probably next week, unless he has a big game. But I mean, it won't change drastically. These running backs, once they, they kind of peak at about 26 and then it's, it's a slow taper. So, well, sometimes some it's fast taper, like Ezekiel Elliott, who's 27 <laughs> and fast. That is a fast just, taper, <laughs> which by the way, did I not say it all off season, the Zeke, was going to yeah. literally hit a cliff like mm-hmm. like Le'Veon Bell. That's kind of what we're seeing right now. But um, yeah, I would. It, I mean, if your team's good and you need him, then keep him. But if your team's not good or you just a lot of dynasty players, they just don't want to hold on to aging assets. Um, which I don't. I don't blame them. But if you want to get the most for him, now would be the time. You could also wait if he has a decent season um, and it's coming towards playoff time, depending yeah. on when your trade. Uh, deadline is wait at the last possible second, especially if he's having a good season and your team doesn't look like it's going to win. Get a draft pick for him with no, team I can contend. Yeah, no, it, actually the best time. Yeah. If you can hold him, I mean, the, you run the risk of him getting injured, but if you can wait till like that week 12, when most trade deadline deadlines are, if your dynasty league has one, I've seen, I mean, I've been part of bidding wars <laughs> for, <laughs> for players with other people in the league because Everyone's trying to make those last moves, and that's when you can like get a king's ransom for a player. All right, how about JP underscore Flores double O? Should we trade Kirk or keep Christian Kirk? No, uh, keep him. Trevor Lawrence. I know he had this bad game, but I think the weather is partly to blame and a really good Eagles defense. I'm I'm keeping Christian Kirk because I still I still don't think people are going to be willing to pay what what he's providing right now. You know, um, no, I'm excited with what he's been doing. Yeah, and I, I do think it's an Eagles thing. I don't think we should panic on the the Jaguar stuff, it's, mm-hmm. unless it's ETN. I'm I'm panicking fully on that one. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna bet the uh, under 
on four fumbles by trailer, uh, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> next week. Yeah, in the future. That's just crazy. His last uh, name's yeah. not Gordon. He's fine. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do one more here. Um, you know, you, you put out the post. You said, do you have any questions for the podcast? And then one said, no, but you should talk about the Dark Horse Fantasy League winner, CEH. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... What did I, oh, I, I meant that, sorry guys, I meant to pull this up. I wanted to look at his stats. It, he's not even getting that much more work than like Jarek McKinnon. I went to that game. I it's watched it. Pacheco on that, on that one last week. Last yeah, week well, was Pacheco splitting. Yeah. What were their, uh, I just want to see some of the usage here. By the way, did you see his horrible drop that he had on fourth down? No, but you like know what a- I noticed? I he does the mouthpiece that has like artwork mm. on the front of it. Have you seen those? And uh, oh yeah, like the teeth and stuff. Yeah, this yeah. is with like the, the Franken. It's like face mask. it's like the Frankenstein teeth on the on the mouth guard with the Axiom helmet. And oh, uh, I mean, I own him, and he's carrying me in Dynasty, and I am actively trying to get rid of him as fast as I can because <laughs> of just the Axiom, and then the and then one thing, Stephen. I don't know if you saw this. I have to try and find it. I I I don't know if it was there this week, but at one point somebody had taken like a picture, and they said, "Did Clyde Edwards Elaire draw white crossbars on his clear face mask?" Like you know. <laughs> The running yeah. backs have those two, you know, you have like the two oh. little bars in front of your eyes. Somebody took a, like, they made like a decal instead of having an actual bar of the face mask. So I got to find please, that for you. Yeah, please that, make that a priority. <laughs> get off. I'm on it. Because I got to I gotta know that too. Well, what were the stats I just listed off for him? He had 37%, 44%, 50%, and 56% snap shares. Like, that's not RB4 snap shares. So No. No, he's okay. He's been a dark horse quarter season league winner, sure. If we're crowning people right now. Yes, but this will not continue, I promise. Well, and if you I don't know if you've watched, but Edward Soler can find the hole better than uh Pacheco can. But he breaks away and gets tackled 20 yards down the field. If Pacheco can start breaking those, that dude looks a lot more uh fast and a lot more powerful than ceh he just doesn't know where to find the hole well he he averaged uh 5.7 yards per carry pacheco did uh yesterday so yeah i agree with you and he looks like tyreek hill out there which he does i mean (laughs) that's got to count for something much cooler looking guy yeah Yeah. (laughs) we know that counts for us you know better face Mm -hmm. mask better helmet all those things so and you jesse because you sort the team by speed that's yeah he's gonna be higher than edward Hilaire. All right, fellas. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Make sure you tune in next week. We will continue recapping NFL action. If this is your first time with the pod, make sure you check out some of our other pods. We really enjoyed doing those. Steven, where can people find you if they need to get a hold of you? At Fantasy Guides on Instagram. You can shoot me a DM. Um, I actually responded to quite a few this year, uh, this week because there was a lot of airport time. Uh, there you so go. I there got go. to a lot of those. And then, uh, yeah, um, fantasyguides at gmail.com if you want to email me. And Casey for filing all the uh, cover zero complaints goes to at NFL cover zero on Instagram. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I always give them a hard time, but I love that segment. And then I am at Devi rookie watch. 
if you have any college questions, want to know more about college players or, um, or actually, I mean, I have the best dynasty team in our league, so I, it's not <laughs> hey, like you didn't do so hot this week. did you? Uh, I don't know. I got to go look. I haven't seen, I was, I was doing good up until this last game, but I might've finally lost a game, but for Steven Casey, and myself, thanks for joining us. We've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, the best way to help us out is to just refer a friend. Again, we're sponsored by underdogfantasy.com. You can download the app, sign up with the promo code GUIDEDOG, and it helps the pod out. We'll catch you all next week. Peace. My word. You're a tripod. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what Austin do you Powers. I, those, it's like those, a baby's arm holding an apple. Have you watched Austin Powers lately, Stephen? Uh, I haven't seen it lately, but I, again, kind of like uh, we talked about, there's something about Mary a few weeks ago. There's a few scenes from especially the second one with uh was it the second one with the fat bastard Mm, who does number two work for where i literally i don't think i could breathe on yeah it holds up it holds up definitely